welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me, when he's not dressing up like Nosferatu and groping the cavorting wenches in the town square death party is Gavin. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, let me think of one. And this weirdo with me who has just crossed the streams is Hess. Oh. Uh, and to uh, uh, pour one out for Harold Ramis, um, yeah. the 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 greatest Ghostbuster. I don't care what any of you think. I'm a Harold Ramis guy. I love Harold Ramis. Um, I uh, let's see. Um, Egon's all the way down. What was I going to say? Oh, regarding Nosferatu, did you hear that there's going to be a Bill Skarsgård Nosferatu movie coming out? No. Well, that's only that, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that um, that director guy from the Norseman and the Northman and uh, a couple other good, like uh, I think he also did he also do the witch? Is that the same guy? I don't know, like Vitch or whatever. Um, yeah. uh, he's he's good. He does like the um, the like super mo- super ultra modern um, formalist horror kind of shit. And uh, I mean, Bill Skarsgård like seems like he can't be anything not good. Um, so, uh, that's cool. And he's, you know, he's, he he already looks like, I don't know, one, not, he's not quite up there with Klaus Kinski. He's kind of like maybe a third Nosferatu as is, cause he's got those, he's got those weird nineties grunge heroin eyes already. And he can do that weird (laughs) thing with his eyeballs and, you know, you can already, he can already, um, haunt your mind and float, uh, in the gutter with, uh, little Timmy or whoever. So, uh, <laughs> he's, you know, he's practically a Harkonnen anyway. Uh, half Harkonnen. <laughs> so it'll be good. I don't know. It'll be good. I think, I, I mean, I don't, I'm curious how many Nosferatu movies we need. We need, we got, we kind of got a bunch. Yeah. We got, um, we got, yeah. we got oh, a rich OG, OG, like whatever the fuck that was. 20, 28 or some shit. I don't know. 22. 1905. I don't know when that. I forget yeah. when that one was. And it then was, um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> and some other ones I wouldn't remember. You got the the Klaus Kinski one by Herzog in the 70s, which is actually really damn good. If anybody hasn't seen it, I know we mentioned it last time. Um, we've got Shadow of the Vampire, which is the, like the meta version, starring um, uh, the guy whose name I never remember, uh, Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Starring Willem Dafoe's supposedly massive penis. Did you know that about Willem Dafoe? Supposedly, is that a oh, is that a thing? Supposedly has a confusing penis. I forget what movie. I was looking up Willem Dafoe about. I was looking up Willem. I was looking up penises. I was looking. I was looking up weird, (laughs) famous weird penises. No, I. I was looking up interviews about Willem Dafoe about something unrelated, and the internet just really wanted me. It was like, oh, it was like you know, one of these dumb rankers or whatever. That's like nineteen things you didn't know about Willem Dafoe, and 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 like number seven was like, um, they in the. Have you ever seen the movie Antichrist? Because if you haven't, don't. It's okay. it's a it's it's a it is a good quality movie, but the yeah. amount of um the amount of u- urethral damage suffered by the characters oh, in the film yeah, is not yeah. worth the quality of the film. That was a, said, that was a big Paul episode thing, yeah. And they had to um, 
they had to put in like a prosthetic. They had to make like a dildo instead of his penis for all of the damage shots. I mean, I don't know why you would actually yeah. use his penis, but like, because apparently the crew found it too confusing to look at his real penis. <laughs> was the was the word the director was seriously the word that the director used? Um, large and confusing. I think it was his exact phrase. So, uh, I'm, Willem Dafoe, in my defense, I have talked to you about you in other contexts. This is not my sole focus. Um, you are an amazing wooden man who I'm oh, glad yeah. is still acting. Everyone and, from and Platoon. Mm-hmm. Is a, is I can't believe person. all of those squibs you had to suffer through for that um, yeah. VHS cover shot. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Even Even though they didn't go off when you were doing the thing. You know what? It still sells. It still sells in the movie. And I, I never see anybody. It. I never see anybody in the movie go like, "Those squibs didn't match up with <laughs> yeah. those explosions." You know what I mean? I've never seen anybody have that reaction. Yeah, I've yeah. I've seen the movie a dozen times easily, and it never occurs <laughs> to me to be like, "It's the squibs aren't going off, guys." Like he just he just you know. Sound yeah. design, a good shot, and a good performance, you know, a lot of, sometimes gets you there. So um, we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond on a rotating basis. Each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit for for the benefit of you do it to him before I forget Gavin were you uh, you wanted me to remind you that you're yeah. are you are you sleepwalking around the gazebo and I'm, in I'm sleepwalking yeah I am sleepwalking every night now it used to be just kind of like uh, an every once in a while kind of thing and it's graduated to every night and the the funny part about it is what stops me because I'll wake up and at certain strategic points like um, uh, a, a doorway uh, or a curtain will stop me a TV tray will stop me uh, if it's like out uh, in the middle of the uh, floor oh I see um, I yeah. thought that was like a rainbow six game and there were like checkpoints so you weren't allowed to pass <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Yeah, like a um, a doorway, even if the door is open or if there's no door in it at all, like a hallway arch, will stop me. And, like, I'll wake up hours after going to sleep standing there. And um, the, the weird thing is, sometimes when I wake up, I dream that I am piloting a Phoenix Hawk mech, which has, like, the flying thing, and that I'm uh -huh. going down. And that's because I am actually falling down. But it's the same Phoenix Hawk dream every time. Like, oh, I'm playing this game. <laughs> and, like, I wake up in time not to fall over. And it's, um, it's become, it's become, uh, entertaining. Like, I don't want to solve this problem. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, as long as you don't get too advanced in your activities, I don't know. No, no I've woken up on the swing a outside a couple of times. That's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a slippery slope, though, because you know you could fall know. In, you could fall into a pond, and then that's a different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or walk, you know, walk into the walk into the deer road or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, good luck with that. We'll we'll keep the audience updated about Gam Gavin's somnambulistic perambulations. Yeah, it's really weird. 
Okay. I'm sure it'll keep keep getting weird. So um, yeah, we'll keep I'll have a sleepwalk our, story every time. Uh, for our new segment, what is Gavin's? Where in the yard is Gavin sleeping outside? Um, <laughs> so, um, since it is a uh, me episode, did you bring a vocabulary in for the segment that we like to call? Fun's vocabulary. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, I got a weird one. Um, have you ever heard this one? It's backfish. Backfish? It's backfish spelled backfish, like F-I-S-C-H. Um, is it a terrible, sublime cover band? No, it's an adolescent girl. <laughs> uh, uh, why? What? I, I don't know. That's why I want to know more about this, but I'm... then again, I don't. I'm scared that if I talk about this too much, somebody's going to jump up behind me and scream Baba Booey because it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't, it seems like a troll. It seems like a, nah. Yeah. It's German, literally fish for baking or frying from Becken to Bake from Old High. Um, after 1888, it was used to describe an immature woman or an adolescent girl. Um, great. Well, nothing to explore there. Yeah. Um, but, okay, I got another one, though. Um, the word of the day on WordNick is paraphasia, which is a switching paraphasia. of a syllable when you have aphasia. And we did aphasia switching. recently. Oh, yeah. F switching of a syllable. Yeah. Huh. So, like, um, in indutroses instead of introduces. Yeah. Wait, that, I... I don't, man, that's a hard one to do intentionally. I know, I know, and I do the, it by Because of the mistake. way the brain, because of the way the brain processes. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I just really had to stare at a word and really like, like plan it out to do it intentionally. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that, that hurts my minds. I know. All right, um, cool. It happens well, automatically, all the emblation. Eh, eh, okay. Um, let's get out of this segment. And go to all of the rest of the show. Imagine, if you will. I will. You are a lowly stagehand at a studio... Probably in a big city where things are stu th shot on lots, but it's not Los Angeles. It's not New York. It is Chicago. some mysterious. It's it's some mysterious <laughs> fictional city. Ah, and you are cleaning up after uh, a long day's production on this schlocky. Maybe 1940s, maybe 1990s, maybe 1920s <laughs> horror film with uh, bizarre masks and low-slung cars and with white-walled tires. And you're sweeping up all of the uh, tinsel and sawdust from uh, the special effects then you know, the gunpowder and all of the junk that they've left on the floor when you realize that, that one of the talent has left the door to their dressing room open and is, is still going through their lines. You thought everybody 
uh, had already gone home. So out of curiosity, you start pushing your broom over in that direction just to figure out who it is. You know, you don't you don't want to accidentally get into, you know, some of the talent sometimes has a bad um, habit of maybe like staying in their cups after they stay too long and it wasn't a, yeah. wasn't a good production day. So you just want to make sure it's nobody you have to worry about. And you, pee, you creak your head, you, you look, the, the lamplight in their uh, dimly lit room is low, but the, you can tell that they're gesticulating and making a big ruckus in there at their makeup table. And you realize that Matt, the star of this show, is he's, he's pulling really weird faces. I mean, even for an actor. You're like, what is he doing when suddenly he pulls a face that he should not be able to pull? Gavin, do you have any idea what fictional character from a non-specific medium I might be talking about? Oh, no. I just, I, all I'm getting is Dark City. How about this? Um, a character who is maybe a tortured actor who might be able to pull their face into oh. uh, preposterous oh, is it uh, Clayface? results. It is the very many-faced um, collection of individuals, it turns out, known as Clayface. Ah! Um, you got Clayface from the little, animated series, because it might be the frickin' 90s. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might be the frickin' 90s. Well, everybody, if you weren't, it was not going to be a 90s topic. Um, it both is and is not. Cause I, know, I, thought, I know, this is weird. <laughs> I thought, well, th- there's that level. There's a bunch of levels where it both is and is, is, and is not the 90s. So... Obviously, as 80s babies, we had a big uh, injection of new Batman content in Batman the Animated oh, yeah. Series that came oh, out yeah. and in the early and mid-90s. This is another case where I keep going, oh, this is going to be a really in- – this is going to be a really simple – this is going to be a really simple subject. Yeah, Because I, I know for a fact <laughs> Clayface was introduced for Batman the Animated Series, so – He's just probably been in a few shows, a couple video games, <laughs> you know. No. I, this is gonna be no. This is gonna be no big deal, Aaron. Yeah. Just uh, check, check, check. Do a little bit of research. No, no, incorrect. This fucker goes back forever, and there's like seven clay faces. Yeah, and yeah. I found myself at the bottom of Crystal Lake. <laughs> chained to a chained to a fucking bucket full of concrete waving my machete impotently at the teenagers up on the lake rowing and finger banging being like I I got I'm gonna come kill you fuckers but I couldn't I couldn't do it I had to wait for another movie to come around and it so clayface is a whole goddamn thing yeah all right um holy shit so clayface is a DC comics villain character. He originally appears in Detective Comics number 40, okay, and was created by Bill Finger and the famous Bob Kane, who is the uh, primary author of just Batman in general. Yeah. Uh, and the original uh, the original Clayface was a guy named Basil Carlo, whose <laughs> name was 
pull was a juxtaposition of a guy who used to be really famous, Basil Rathbone, and Boris Karloff with, you know, the F's taken off. So yeah. Basil Carlo is the original incarnation of this character who is a B-list, act, B-list actor who began a life, a life of crime using the identity of a villain that he had portrayed in a film. The origin is Basil is um, not a particularly good actor. Yeah. Uh, and he's starring in this kind of not good B-horror film. And things are not going well. And weirdly, before he even gets powers, folks, he goes on a murderous rampage, (laughs) kills everybody on the movie. (laughs) First of all, I don't know if you know a lot of actors, they don't tend to go on murderous rampages. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Generally. And I know some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I mean, they even proved that OJ guy didn't do that. Well, OJ's not <laughs> primarily an actor. OJ's primarily a uh, primarily a um, runner of balls, yeah. so um, he does not count in that category. I know he's really famous in those uh, in those um, uh, queen killing movies, but generally, actors do not go on killing sprees, right? Is uh, um, so that's very interesting. Um, Basil Carlo is kind of a. Um, tortured Karloff meets Vincent Price, old school, 1930s, 1940s, kind of lamplight, Klieglight um, actor who um, it come, is going to come up again because uh, the, the, this show, this show, Clayface is all kind of interestingly, um, he changes throughout time. Yeah. Um, what is the deal with Clayface? In, by one method or another, in each iteration, he either gets some bizarre chemical MacGuffin or product that someone gives him or he finds to um, fix his face after he's been in a crash, yeah. literally, with the case of some of these guys, or is just a bizarre scuba diver who finds this strange gunk um, at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> no way. Or a, or the, yeah, no, that's one of the versions. Or a piece of an existing clay face um, uh. is stolen because somebody has to solve their genetic problem that they're having and they consume some clay face to turn themselves into a new clay face. Yeah. All of these are, all of these are versions um, that turn clay faces into clay faces. Okay. So, um, but primarily today we're going to focus on the main two clay faces, uh, that are worth discussing the previously mentioned Basil Carlo and, um, Matt Hagen, who is probably the version that is, um, most often referenced and adapted in, uh, modern media. Yeah. Okay. So the name of the character in the um, the feet of clay, feet of clay, the episode that introduced the animated series version of Clayface that really um, threw him into modern consciousness. Um, he the character was named Matt Hagen, but Matt Hagen had already existed in the comic books. However, the character was a mashup of the name Matt Hagen and some of his character details with actually the character story of a tortured 
actor that matched Basil Carlo more accurately. Mm. So in my opinion, what they did was very astutely synthesize the more interesting parts of each existing character and kind of fuse them into one more compelling guy yeah. named Matt Hagen. So in the story, in that story, Gavin, do you ha- do you have just like any beats of recognition of w- kind of like if you pull that Batman the Animated Story you know file out of your head? Yeah. Do you remember just vaguely what goes on in that because it's it's pretty dramatic? Yeah, I remember Clayface's stories to be like some of the better ones. So Two Face and Clayface, the faces had um, uh-huh. like intricate and involved stories and that's kind of what I was looking for in the Batman cartoon like um uh-huh. like shit that I could sit down and like uh not know what was going to happen cuz like usually when the Joker shows up I know that Batman's just going to kick his ass and yeah for sure like when Clayface or Two-Face shows up then there's some type of like family tragedy involving like tertiary characters that I'm going to like be able to enjoy and so like yeah, um, the, the, definitely. Some of the villains always signified that the the plot is going to be odd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I remember Ron Perlman did the voice. See, I figured out how to manage this thing pretty good. Correct. Um, the character of Matt Hagen's Clayface is um, uh, yeah, friend of the show. Um, uh, anvil wrapped in sandbags as a head, Ron <laughs> Perlman. Um, which uh, you know sounds like I'm digging at him, but I actually like Ron. No, Perlman we love Ron. I Perlman. don't ever, I don't ever want to learn that Robert Rob Perlman is a dickhead in real life because I would be so sad. He is, because um, yeah, I sure hope not. I've kept I believe up with it, that. and I that's my story, and I'm sticking to yeah. it. <laughs> um, I mean, I I would hope if you were really famous and you looked like a lion swallowed a grandfather clock yeah. that like you couldn't get you couldn't get away with being a cock knocker yeah. but i don't fucking know um He's a pretty cool guy. but uh but we do really love ron perlman he's so many good things he's he's hellboy he's the beast yeah. He's um, he's Matt Hagen as Clayface, and he does a really amazing vocal performance. If you go back and watch his episodes, he does it both in Batman the Animated Series and a couple of more updated yeah, that's, shows. That's There's what that I remember show. from the animated series was his voice uh-huh. acting made whatever the hell Clayface's problem was very significant. Because I remember it was uh, yeah. like like he wanted to still be in love, but he was Clayman. Or like, yeah. or somebody had died and he can't do anything because he's Clayman. And like, Clayface <laughs> never wanted to rob banks or like get one over on Batman. He always had some terrible fucking circumstantial tragedy that made him go and do a crime. And that was always awesome. In terms of the the Matt Hagen version in Batman, Batman the Animated Series, let me just go ahead and hit on the, the basic beats of that original episode. Is So a, a corrupt businessman named uh, Roland Daggett, who ends up being kind of a um, MacGuffin producer in the show, yeah. he gives Matt Hagen a cream called Renew You, <laughs> which proves both temporary <laughs> and addictive to help Matt because Matt has 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 suffered um, a a calamity and his face is all jacked up. He's been in a crash. He'll never be able to act again. Yeah. And this renew you stuff, um, it uh, it's magical. He can like mush his face into 
uh, back into his his own handsome visage, as yeah. opposed and, and and additionally turn it into uh, other shapes, which is like wow, weird bonus, but okay. Um, but very quickly, we are able to realize that it it, it has diminishing returns in how long it lasts, yeah. and he's having these kind of like. Um, just one fix kind of uh, moments around yeah. needing more yeah. and more it of it more often. It seemed to be like physically addictive. Like, yeah, there's a kind of um, you know looking back on it, but well, you know as a as a kid, you still you still are able to have some kind of like even if you don't have you know I was lucky as a kid I didn't have people around me who were <laughs> suffering from, oh, like, yeah. uh, addiction issues or anything. Yeah, I knew exactly what was happening. That guy was but, but still, <laughs> But still, you know, the, the, um, the signs and signifiers to indicate that this is an addiction yeah. were very clear, yeah. even to, you know, like an 11 or 12-year-old that do, do, is, is fortunate enough not to be around those um, in a day-to-day life. So Hagen takes a wild job for Roland Daggett to basically do like a shadow run against Wayne Enterprises. Uh, but things yeah. uh, go totally sideways uh, and Fagan, I'm sorry, and, and Hagen is forced into, he basically has a whole like vat of this stuff like poured all over him by um, Daggett's goons. Yeah. Of this renew you, yeah, you want it so and bad. Gets this ma- massive overdose, and w- causes him to turn into this huge br- brown beige hulking, like um, like ectomorph mud monster man with these big jagged teeth and yellow orb eyes that we have come to associate with how Clayface looks. And Clayface, in different iterations, has looked kind of like, you know, the Fantastic Four's The Thing left in the microwave for a little bit. There's, you know, the version of Preston Payne is a different Clayface who kind of looks like a guy in a just a wrestling costume, yeah. but his head is like a piece of chewing gum trapped inside of a Mr. Freeze dome. Yeah, I'm seeing that. And, um, and he's the guy who steals some of a previous Clayface. I might get this wrong, but I think it's the Basil Carlo version. I might, uh, it could be the Matt Hagen version. In, Matt I think Hagen. it's the Matt Hagen, Hagen, yeah. Hagen version, actually. Same in order to Matt Hagen's blood. Yeah, he steals some of him in order to fix his own problems. He's got kind of more of like a Dr. Doomy thing going on in that way. Um, and uh, he's and he's depicted, the, the versions of his gooey form in the older ones are, you know, they, they match with the, 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 the 40s and 50s depictions of comics books, you would think, is kind of that weird lumpy way that Iceman looks in the first X-Men comic where you're like, he's kind of just a snowman. You're like, that's not cool. Uh, it's just <laughs> like he looks like a dumpy bag of stuff. Um, but in finally, in the Clayface in Batman in the Animated Series episode, we get this new uh, massive hulking glob of brown goo, and he is able to do... Um, a number of things that maybe you wouldn't expect him to do. He can concentrate and kind of visually clone any person he wants along with their voice and act to mimic anybody he wants who he has studied for a brief period of time, thanks to the power of theater. 
and um, to basically uh, slide into situations and impersonate people for, you know, one day, 48 hours at a time, depending on, you know, which piece of media you're in. Sometimes he's successful, sometimes not. <laughs> he's also able to craft himself T-1000 style into yeah. um, all sorts of weapons, but unlike T-1000... Um, including for some reason, complex machines, like he'll turn himself into a fucking circular saw or like a goddamn drill press or drive himself like a fucking car or turn into a goddamn hawk and fly away or something. Cause you're like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. None of that shit makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but this is DC comics in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and you just got to roll with it. You know, he's able to change himself into various colors because all of him is just this goo. Yeah. So if he's impersonating a guy walking and talking in his business suit, all of that is clay. He's not yeah. like going and finding a business suit that matches it. He's just, um, you know, he's totally T-1000ing that aspect. So he turns his fists frequently into kind of like maces and clubs or hammers or what have you. Um, and he, quote unquote, stretches the imagination a little bit in the kinds of things he can turn into. Feel free to look it up. It's whack-ass. Um, but including things that have, like, you know, combustion engines and internal motors and highly complicated moving parts. <laughs> Did he but, have uh, minigun arms? There are versions where he turns his arm into a crossbow and fires clay bolts Yeah, out. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, what is... What does that tell you? Uh, you know, there are versions where he like pieces of him fall off and turn into little clay faces that fight like yeah. like little evil ashes on his side. That's a completely like, different power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like multiple man shit. Yeah. Uh, Clayface, if you actually like took the Russian nesting doll of all of the things he's ever canonically <laughs> yeah. been seen able to do, you would have the most complicated villain in terms of powers. Yeah, you know he would be he would be as more powerful than. You know, he'd be up there with like Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. on and shit. Like he's very, he's, he has, but just because of the DC bullshit wackiness of like, whoa, this gag is amazing. Let's see what he could. Let's just make him turn into a fucking battleship today yeah. or some shit. <laughs> you know, like it just, it is such a, um, it's such a delicious move to have in your quiver of like, look at this, what this fucking guy can do. He can turn into anything. It's just so naturally a comic book or an animation media trick where he's like, this guy can shape himself like anything he fucking wants. Yeah. He's going to turn himself into a box. You know, he's going to ship himself to Abu Dhabi. And when they open it, there's going to be a cat inside and it's going to be called Dermal. <laughs> like it's just anything, you know, like it, Anything is possible when Clayface is is inside of your comic book panels. And that's why um, he is so captivating in terms of using him in that way. But the other way, and I don't think that this was... And I, don't, I, know, I haven't read the old comics, but I have to say that it seems like the synthesizing of uh, Matt Hagen into this um, both despicable but ultimately like character that has a lot of empathy in the Batman, the animated series era and then beyond yeah. is it has a lot of power for a couple of reasons. And one of the main ones is that he actually generates a lot of pathos in the audience that most of your Batman villains don't generate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you, you know, 
Two-Face is another good example where his backstory is so integral to his identity that you're like, you kind of feel for Two-Face in various situations because he he's able to show vulnerability because we've walked through the portal from being just a dude yeah. to being like a walking nightmare. Yeah. Whereas, you know, characters like, say, you know, the Joker... And, um, you know, most DC villains, they kind of come with what is all, you know, what is on the package of like, I'm fucking crazy. (laughs) You know, the the Riddler, I've, although I am a big fan of the Riddler, I very rarely have a whole bunch of um, sympathy and pathos for the Riddler's perspective. Yeah. Like he's, I'm very, I'm very rarely like, what a victimized guy that has taken, taken, you know. Uh, his his destiny in his own hands, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> and is really putting it to the people that victimized him, and is just misunderstood. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they they tend to be a lot flatter in terms of that's a fucking bad guy is doing bad things. You got to stop him. <laughs> and, whereas Cl- Clayface, more than any other character that I experienced in maybe DC overall, is you really walk into the dark forest with him. And become scared for him and kind of understand why he is lashing out in these um, unreasonable ways and suddenly committing these bizarre crimes. Yeah. You know, then he, be- he, you know, he becomes this kind of psychopath and um, character that is totally driven by addiction and fear. But uh, up until that point, you do you do kind of, um, you know, enjoy this guy. He has. Uh, he has some charisma. He um, is able to pull off these interesting stunts and pretend to be your favorite characters, which always has kind of like a, a, a fantastical quality to it in animation and in comic books. Yeah. Um, he just has a likability to him. And I would say if this character is interesting to you and you're never going to watch anything uh, about Clayface, but maybe you might watch one or two things, I would say... Check out that episode of Batman the Animated Series, Feet of Clay, F-E-A-T. But then also, in the Harley Quinn show, <laughs> have you watched any of the, the modern cartoon the thing Harley I was Quinn just show? just now that. reading about. Yeah, this is nuts. Okay, because <laughs> the show is fucking hilarious, by the way. Yeah. If you, I, I, I was not, I had no interest in it. It has basically a, um, a, a kind of like codified, simplified Batman the Animated Series style of art. Yeah. And they, you know, they reference pretty close to a kind of Venture Brothers version of all of the characters. And Mm. Gavin, who plays the Clayface of the uh, Harley Quinn show? Oh. Uh, The voice actor. Oh, it's Tom Kenny. Who's Spongebob and Bobcat Goldthwait's best friend. Um, I think, is, is, is that in that show, Tom Kenny, Clayface? I was, oh, no, okay. he plays the arm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I know Tom Kenny's in it. It's actually Alan Tudyk. Oh! Um, and uh, who is everybody's favorite um, uh, space pilot, Wash... And who is um, yeah. that funny black droid in the only good Star Wars movie made in the last 10 years. Um, he is the iRobot from iRobot. Yeah. He um, is a hilarious actor who's also uh, Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball, for all you people that are terrible out there. Yeah. 
Uh, he is. Yeah. Um, who else is he? Oh. He's he's a hilarious he's a hilarious actor. He's either Tucker um, or Dale in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, I think that is. Tucker? I don't know. He's, yeah, he's either Tucker or Dale. <laughs> he's a hilarious, hilarious actor. Um, and he's a massive, massive um, voice actor yeah. also, which is good for him because he seems like a very cool guy. Yeah. And he is fucking hilarious as Clayface. He is pretty funny. If you're not going to watch a whole a whole episode of anything, just rack up, uh, you know, a YouTube of Clayface from the Harley Quinn TV, you know, uh, animated show. <laughs> and he does it, he does it kind of as this, um, you know, Vincent Price meets high thespianism, um, you know, really ramped up theatrical bullshit ascot wearing, um, you know, v- vanity focused, uh, theater pervert, <laughs> and it is it is absolutely hilarious. It's fine. I can play the role of shark if he won't. Raw! Tis I, the violent type of shark! Straight from the beaches of Amity, fear my rows of teeth by unpredictable nature! He, they always play it for laughs where he is a complete failure at it. Like, he'll look exactly like Aquaman and jump into a situation to convince all of the Aqua people to not chase after his evil friends and be like... Hello, fellow Aqua people. It is I, your Lord and Emperor Aquaman. It is all right that those villains are getting away. I will save you from them. Do not worry. And 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 like visually, he's nailed it. But you're like, what? Why does Aquaman fucking sound like he's playing to the back row? Well, hello. It is I, Frankie Muniz. I love you. I do, I highly, highly do recommend check it out in the Harley Quinn show. And I did not expect to like that show. Um, my my partner introduced that. She was like, you should really watch this. I'm like, okay. And then she was watching and I'm like, this is really funny. Like, um, you know, uh, the, the killer shark guy is hilarious. <laughs> the hand is hilarious. Dr. Psycho is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Harley, like Harley, uh, the, they're, they're written really funny because like, honestly, DC should have more comedy because it's stupid as balls. Yeah, yeah. Like if you take, if you take any group of five DC characters, yeah, it's really hard to look at all of them and be like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, this makes sense. This is like, you know, reality. Yeah, I'd love, I used to love to hear like Stan Lee pick apart DC heroes. <laughs> well, and what there, there, it's something in the. I mean, you know, there, there are obviously certainly weaknesses <laughs> in all sorts of areas of Marvel characters oh, as well. Yeah. But because because DC goes back just a little earlier to the more basic DNA of of comic yeah. books, that there's there is kind of really a more kindergarten first grade association with a character is more of a concept than he is than he or she or they is a like rounded individual yeah, yeah. right you know and like what the, the the thing about what the thing about what was novel about batman later on is it wasn't what it, it wasn't interesting why batman and spider-man or it wasn't interesting what batman and spider-man were it was interesting why they yeah. were right because you don't really 
everybody's fucking bored with Superman's backstory. Everybody's fucking bored with like Wonder Woman's backstory. I like Wonder Woman, but her backstory is fucking dumb yeah. because they're just like, you come from the land of blah, 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 yeah. blah. Well, at least, at least in Batman person land. <laughs> yeah. At least in Batman's case, he comes from having a trauma that children can attach anxiety and yeah. rationalizations yeah, yeah, yeah. of his behavior to. Like, oh no, the pearls. Oh no, the newspaper. Oh no, the gun. Ah, Joker is a bad guy, right? Um, and so there is a basic level of the the kids having to walk through the idea of why he becomes Batman. Well, that is more that's more advanced, and generally Marvel characters tend to have more of that three-dimensionality because they came at a later era where people were thinking in that way. And Stanley tried to give a lot of those characters a dimension where this guy's actually a teenager. He's got teenager style problems. He's not just a, he's not just a costume that punches people because of America. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, there are a lot of versions of that. And, you know, so it, it, it means that characters like Superman and Captain America have had to develop in very complex ways over the decades. Um, and, Clay, and Clayface is a perfect example of a character that actually, once he was reinvented in the 90s, and obviously this is happening in the post you know Marvel era, is he's a character that's based in emotionality and um, vulnerability and stress and anxiety and you know, his vices turn him into what he is. I was just reading about this this arm that's voiced by Tom Kenny that gets that's that's Clayface's <laughs> arm, which has been severed uh-huh. and becomes like its uh-huh. own little child thing. And Commissioner Gordon captures yeah. the arm and interrogates him and then he begins to cry and says that he's not supposed to talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you think that Clayface's arm being its own like ridiculous character voiced by Tom Kenny (laughs) is like kind of only something that belongs in a comedy version of DC comics. Um, No, there is a, there is an entire, there is an entire arc called the life of death, life and death of Annie where this character is introduced who is like this little girl with black yeah. hair um, in the new adventures of Batman, which turns, and this little girl goes out and is like interacting with various characters in the DC world. And it, it turns out that Annie is doing recon and that what Annie is, is a little piece of clay face that he is sent out in order to scope things out for when he's strong enough to come back and start committing crimes again. But Annie develops a whole personality and a life. And then when she is no longer necessary, she is reabsorbed back into Clayface and essentially dies as a character. So if you think that like, well, the arm is like a little, just like that's goofy. Nobody, that's silly. No, any, any gump, like goddamn crazy batshit thing you can think to do with Clayface. It already been done, done. Friend. <laughs> it is, um, it is already a thing. Uh, so it is, he's just, he's just amazing in that way. Brother, it is I, the Superman from Krypton. And these people are not your enemy. At one point, all of the various Clayfaces were collected into a brief 
supervillain team called the Mud Pack, <laughs> which in, which included uh, Sandra Fuller, who got her powers from a kind of a different means, and she became kind of this like smooshy Valkyrie gargoyle clay lady beast thing. Yeah. Um, Peter Malloy, which is another one of the clay faces. Preston Payne is the aforementioned, um, you know, chewing gum in a in a glass dome, one who steals his blood. Uh, Cassius Payne, which is his son, which is its own whole fucking thing. And Matt Hagen and uh, Basil Carlo, who is brought back and kind of dresses up like the Phantom and, and looks very Baroque in 1940s. Um, and, you know, I don't know if anybody's a big fan of the mud pack at any point, <laughs> but, you know, it's a thing. Additionally, there are versions that were created in certain media uh, in comics. I, if you really want to have a bad time, I recommend looking up the character of Clown Face, who is like an old derelict man who accidentally gets put into Arkham <laughs> and is infected with a piece of uh, Clayface gunk <laughs> while simultaneously being manipulated Hannibal Lecter style by the Joker from the next cell yeah. over and turns into this kind of um, kind of almost like yeah. bat mite jangly um, you know Jack Napier painted up as a clown fucking carnage type of hot like yeah, Spencer Spencer gifts atrocity, <laughs> you know that you like like paint on a graphics bong <laughs> yeah. in 1996 or something. Just like what the holy shit, that thing, and it you know the you know Joker convinces it to go do his evil bidding, and they're like that's a whole pile of bad ideas. I don't even want to think about. It's like body horror plus the you know the the destruction of all, the whole personality of just some like old street yeah. person plus. A clown? Yeah. Just no, 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 not all of it. No. <laughs> um, uh, I also want to mention that in a way, uh, because I know that you will get something out of this, that Clayface is the Odo <laughs> of DC Comics. Um, so who do I mean by Odo in that case for those of us who are not like uh, Deep Space Nine? Odo heads? is the shapeshifter by by its extremely literal sense from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine who can shift yeah, his the, shape um, into any shape. Yeah. He becomes all sorts of absurd yeah. things. He's he'll be he, the the chair he you're sitting on. around and becomes like a bubble ball that kind of floats and bounces around. It's his favorite thing to do. He's part of this. He's part of this race of ancient beings who were like one massive communal pool on their origin (laughs) planet. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Hi there. My name is Douglas Raffensperger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. 
Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a good list for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield Ironforge Cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffersmurr of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. I don't, I don't want to forget, I'll, so many people have portrayed Clayface. It's like kind of, it's, it's so much to, to go through everybody that has either voice acted him or acted him in a video game or even in a live action thing. I should not forget to mention, because people will care about it, because it must have fans, that this live action show Gotham yeah. has, has episodes with Clayface yeah. in it. And... I I watched all of the the Clayface scenes and God I really I really don't like yeah. them. It, it's 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 it starts with an actor that I like um, portraying the evil like um, kind of uh, gleeful mad scientist Asian stereotype who uh, brings him back to life um, in a place called Indian Hill in the the world of the Gotham mm. show. And when he comes back to life, the DNA, they've supposedly spliced some quote unquote octopod DNA into him (laughs) so that now his flesh, he can manipulate it into mimicking other people. And of course, they exploit him to, you know, to look like Commissioner Gordon and look like characters like Bullock and yada, yada, yada. But it is, it is the thing. Have you watched anything of that show? I started to watch the beginning of it. I saw how. Penguin was, um, I don't know, beaten up or something. And um, if, if this was like when it came out ten years ago, um, and I haven't seen anything past the first season, but go it on. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Um, it just doesn't go. Doesn't for pick me. up. You know, I. It. I does. I. It's. It's for me. It's like watching. It's basically like a CW show uh. where I'm like, like, it just never. No, I know what you mean. I'm. You know, like I never even get my suspension of disbelief on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. we're, most things that are semi-competent, you know, the se- suspension of disbelief jacket it just like comes naturally on as you step out into the show. Well, to me, I never even could get the whole thing on. It's like you know, it's like when you're a kid and you get one arm in, and then you're like, wait a second, did I put this on inside out? Yeah, you're like spinning <laughs> yeah. around trying to find the other arm. That's what this is. It's like a fucking CW show. I'm like, no, I'm never. Like I never, I'm like you look stupid. That looks stupid. Why did he say that? Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Like you're supposed to be the penguin. Okay. Callum's kind of interesting, but like, how long are you gonna be able to ride that beat? Yeah. And and I just know I could just tell everything was gonna get dumb as fuck. Yeah. 
yeah, five, I did too. in five in five minutes yeah. from what I'm watching forever. And from everything I've seen subsequently, I am 129% correct. Yeah, this that's, that's what I did. Like, I started watching the show thinking, this is going to be cool because it's another origin thing. And I did like that last time when it was a movie. And now there's going to be a lot of it and I'll never run out of stuff to watch. And then like two episodes into it, I thought, fuck, I'm never going to run out of this to watch. And it's <laughs> like became a bad thing. And I was yeah, like, this is never yeah, going to go yeah, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think one of the ways, you know, not just in terms of production quality and tone and writing style, is it, uh, you know, basically a CW show, but also yeah. there also is that soap opera aspect of yeah. it where you, where you feel like you're watching Dark Shadows, where you're like, you're never actually going to do any of the shit that I want you to do. Yeah. You're never actually going to do it. You're just going to dra- grab me by the dick and drag me around like fucking J.J. Abrams and show me tigers <laughs> and smoke monsters and guys on the beach talking about philosophy that doesn't mean anything and never fucking gets to the fucking point. You ever fucking kill anybody? You should just shoot Joker in the fucking face because it's the ethical and moral moral thing to do in the long term. You fucking cowards. <laughs> and they're just never gonna they're never gonna show the vampire. They're never gonna like they're never gonna like flash their tits. They're never gonna fucking murder the bad guy. They're just gonna get a like a C grade actor and have him grab his face and go, I'm stretchy now. Yep. And I'm like, that's not good enough. I wanna see a giant Man with yellow crooked teeth swallow another dude and then feel bad about it and have a mental breakdown as various versions of his uh, actory image are portrayed on a series of screens around him and he goes into like a T-1000 meltdown at the end of the movie, doesn't know what to turn into, freaks out and explodes in a pile of jizz goo. I'm like, that yep. is what we're here for. Yep. <sighs> You know what I'd have given for a death scene like this? Too bad I won't get to read the notices. Stop not giving us what we want. And that's one of the problems with TV shows of big, chunky media, right? Like, DC is hard to make. DC is super hard to make. Ask Ryan Reynolds. It's hard to make DC content good because... It's all up there at that, like, <laughs> Thor dumbass level. And nerds, yeah. I know Thor is Marvel, but the point is Asgard is way up there in that old comic book, like, wow, this is fucking cool. Yeah, when you only have to draw it, yeah. you don't have to have a person standing there delivering the lines yeah. on a fucking cloud with these contacts that he's had in for 19 hours because Heimdall is in three scenes this week and we have to shoot around him because he's tried out to be fucking 007 next year. Yeah. Like it it is hard (laughs) to do that high, high genre shit. And what they try to do is smush it down into grim edgelord plausibility of he just has a weird hat and his (laughs) nose is fucking strange. And wow, he's wearing a lot of green nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, he wears a lot of green, right? And like this shit is exhausting. You know, I never liked comics that much to begin with. And like, <laughs> yeah, it is. What well, it is the narrative equivalent of like being 
like a, a like a Mormon or a teen youth pastor who only puts the tip in, and then that's your whole life. Like you get married <laughs> and you're still only putting the tip in. And you're like, what are you ever just fucking get to the thing? Just get to it. Just cut his. Just fucking get a stick with a question mark on the end of it. Beat his head until he's dead. <laughs> so speaking of which, have you seen that new Batman movie with uh? With uh, that vampire guy? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you see I, it? I have... Oh, I, I didn't think you would Yeah, I, had, I did a review of it on YouTube <laughs> where I shit on it pretty bad. Well, But it's a really good ass. movie. I you liked it. <laughs> you say, oh, wow. You, you, man, that was some whiplash you gave me right it there. It was. So yeah. you shit on it pretty bad, but it was a good movie. I, I had to make I, the obvious hilarious joke that came to my head while I was watching it, which is... That movie is seven. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. It's true. It is. It is super. It is super fucking. It is super fucking seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, if I yeah, and you know, what? I mean, if honestly, if I was David Fincher watching that, I would probably be like, wait a second, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you 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 know, David Fincher in a you know in a golden age of the mass shooter. You know, post post QAnon paranoia kind of world. It completely makes sense. Yeah. Um, like because you know you're adding in all this anxiety of these you know faceless white bros who are assembling their you know clear and present danger guns on site and wearing bags over their heads and getting all Zodiac style. Yeah. Um, I I kept I I had like a. I'm somebody who's really strange because it's hard for me to be a, a movie reviewer, not because I don't have strong opinions, but I don't have them instantly. If I have a very strong opinion, I tend to digest it over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. And to be a to be a professional reviewer, you have to sit down and shit that thought out the instant that the <laughs> critics roll. You're going to be like, I was fucking amazing. Bam. No, cut, that's, print, that's, shoot. That's right? how to be a reviewer today in these days, man. Yeah, because well, of this I mean, I mean, even in, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, even in the realm of print journalism, you would, even if you got an early version of something, you would, you would have to be able to come up with it you yeah, know, in a day true, or two. True enough, true enough. But the, the point is that I, I, watching it, I kept having kind of like, my, my main thoughts were kind of like checkpoints in a video game to reference my previous thought, which is that I kept going like, I think I kind of liked that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, uh, and I, and I kept also going, I think I didn't like that move. You know, there was, there were lots of really hard choices mm-hmm. that could have been that they could, he could have made a weak choice or a different choice. And I would say, I would say like 75 to 85% of them. I was like, I kind of like that choice. Yeah. And I kept being surprised that I was saying that. Yeah. Until, you know, and, I, and I, I didn't come out at the end being like, this is my new favorite Batman movie or anything. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, this is, a, I, but I did kind of go like, I think this is a Batman movie that I like. And I'm both impressed and surprised by that. Um, I realized that people have a lot of um, negative comments about it, about you know, they couldn't figure out whether they wanted to be a punch movie or an, or a movie about the detective elements. And I was like, yeah. I think that there are more detective elements in this movie than any other Batman movie, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and there are. Try, you know, like like I don't want them to smash it down into the fucking Gotham show where everything's just kind of like mundane and 
uh, plausible with weird costuming. Yeah. But uh, but but I think the level that they were at, you know, there is a it's a very difficult game measuring out exactly how many of those ingredients you can get and still not have a production that totally unravels and your main main very overpaid very vain star doesn't go like I look fucking stupid in this Batman mask it's gonna yeah. ruin my career I'm never gonna work in Hollywood again you can all fucking suck my dick I'm going home yeah. right like that's a tough balance yeah because you know I'm sure you saw the you know the the nerd Google pushes through your internet leading up to Batman coming out is like, they're recutting it. They're delaying the release. They, you know, the the stars don't want it to come out. The studio is all, you know, and it ended up coming out. I was like, I think this is actually pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, um, it's, I, I liked everything that happened throughout it and it felt familiar until, like, almost towards the end of it, it, like, snapped in my head. And I was like, oh, I like all of this because it's seven. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I and I think in a way, there's also another way that it's kind of seven. And this loops back into our actual topic for the actual show, <laughs> which is it's kind of 90s as fuck. Yeah. But on the DL. Yeah. Where it's it's very gritty. You, you kind of want somebody to, like, bring out, like, a half-broken typewriter to write a letter to somebody else. <laughs> There's something in you know the way. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's like you, you th- like you think that they could cut to, like, one of, the, one of these screens at one of these clubs. Everybody's doing, like, rails of weird fictional drugs yeah. in the middle of the movies. Like, do you want to cut to Kurt Loder talking about, like, like how, you know, there was a riot at the ministry show <laughs> yeah. in Lollap- you know, Lollapalooza 2025 yeah. or whatever? Yeah, like- Batman busted the Smashing Pumpkins roadies today. <laughs> yeah, for for being you know yeah for being so sad that they were yeah they were uh, they were <laughs> they were boofing glue sticks and vodka. Um, what's just what is the what is the vibe of a Smashing Pumpkins roadie? What a weird. Do you have to be like? Do you have to just? Maybe you get your tongue like ritually cut out like you're a Game of Thrones character. Yeah. So that you, so that Billy Corgan never has to hear you grumbling about your lot in life. There's just a seri- there's a series of bald eunuchs that are all dressed up like Billy Corgan, but they, but, but that just live live off of Pez and vegan vegan meat sandwiches that live in a dungeon somewhere. Billy Corrigan's uh, not like a, a fucking Shatterrun f- villain. A fl- a flo- a flowy, like sp- sparkly, fuzzy shirts. I'm gonna and, look like, up. Rac- I'm gonna look up. Raccoon makeup eyes. Roadies. No, no, no. Suddenly now I have Billy Corrigan basically as Vincent Price's egghead in the Adam West Batman, <laughs> who's just making terrible puns and playing <laughs> Liberace style songs about loss and sadness on his uh, glistening glittery guitar um, <laughs> for an, an army of clone lookalike like minions that are like, yeah, boss, anything you say, boss. Oh, weird. You're never going to believe this. Uh, Billy Corrigan was a roadie at one point. Oh, sure he was. How do you think you get your back all stooped like that? <laughs> <laughs> not, not carrying Motorhead's martial amps? Yeah. No. Did you notice anything weird a minute ago? Um, Clayface is a good character. DC is weird. 
And uh, uh, we have pl- we have plenty for the show. I want to mention just to tie it into uh, some smart, <laughs> some quote unquote smart people shit that I would count in terms of the broader use of the term that Clayface, along with the T one thousand and Odo, are kind of examples of Chimera. Uh, chimera yeah. drawer characters. Yeah, they're not classic, um, you know, classic Greek myth chimera, but chimera in the sense of a character that can evolve into other things, that can take the shape of other things, yeah. that is able to channel the shape of a myriad of other yeah. nouns. Use, frankly, use the properties in order to do of its something bidding. that it was and currently is also is in like a combined. Power. Yeah, there's a. You steal the powers of something yeah. else, at, uh, you know, in order to 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 you know to land at a certain goal. So I just wanted to tie that into a, a larger yeah, thought. Yeah, chimeristry. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Okay, so Gavin, let me ask you, what is? Do you think that Clayface, all of his iterations, or any of his iterations, are? Bitch and Van Art. Is it, is it, is it, is, is it Bitch and Van Art? No, but animated Batman is with Clayface in it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that asterisk. I agree with you. Yeah. I think that Batman the Animated Series is Bitch and Van Art, but Clayface himself is kind of a, kind of a, kind of just a weird bud man. Yeah. He's kind of a, like a and like not even any single one of them, um, you know, as as even the quote unquote coolest looking ones. Yeah, they tend to be big, big, you know, goosh ogres. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I had I have uh, well, the same thing that I get with a lot of things with Clayface in the animated series, which is my memory of it is this impressive, sophisticated, well-drawn uh, concept brought to life through production or animation that just blows me away and makes me... Uh, like, my memory of it is this magnificent thing. And then I look at it, and it's simple as fuck and really <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, even in a really high-quality animation, you gotta, you know, you gotta have yeah. the cells... <laughs> be able to be rendered in a way that gets across the information you need without it being massively complex every single frame. Yeah, I have that with so, the yeah. with all of the Ghostbusters animated uh, enemy ghosts. My memory of them are yeah. terrifying. Like they're really scary yeah. complex devil monsters. And then you look at them yeah. uh now like like as an adult and they're just like a a misshapen Daffy Duck with a zit. Yeah, there is a yeah, there is a for people that have overactive imaginations, the brain (laughs) fills in so much, fills in so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they do it in the theater. (laughs) You ready for Hayride tomorrow? What? Are you ready for Hayride tomorrow? <laughs> you you gave me a very anxious, like, instant flashback by saying that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> Hayride was both, ve- doing Haunted Hayride was both very 
fun and very anxiety inducing. It was ba- it was bad you know, good. Yeah, it was a yeah, kind of. I mean, it was kind of like a um, like a roller coaster. Like whoa, it was. Oh, it was. shit! <laughs> like oh, whoa. Oh, I love this, but it's kind of scary to say that I lost my virginity in a coffin on Halloween. <laughs> Banging away on darling. All you uh, theater perverts out there in high school do volunteer for your local haunted hayride performances. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. You have to show me show you a, a uh, 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 interesting looking human. All right. Give me a second. I got it here. Here we go. I don't know if you know who this is or not. I've seen this human. That's not... I mean, first of all, it's not um, Commodus from Gladiator. (laughs) No. Um, But is he he the front person for one of these, like, modern, like, goth ripoff bands, like Three Teeth or something? It is the lead singer of Three Teeth, yeah. I only know that I could, it was only positive because <laughs> I can see the H on the back of his like skinny little guy leather jacket, and yeah, I have he does seen advertise pro- that he's in Three Teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as my, the name of my band is on my jacket. In case you were worried, well, um, I love them. They sound really oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know that. I know that they open for ministry, so they can't be that lame. Yeah, I um, I went into it skeptical. Like these these kids, and by kids, they're only like ten years younger than us. Like, <laughs> yeah. But thinking like these kids can't possibly know what it is to rock, and they blew me away. Like the I've been listening to all three albums for like months on end. Are they similar and, to something uh, else? Are they more metally? Or are they more like they sound st- straight up like whatever the hell we would pop in? It's a mixture. Like they change their okay. sound and genuinely too. That's they're not just like mimicking anything. And, they're like um, guitar-y guitars though. Yeah, guitar-y guitars, um, sampled uh, synthesizers that give like a weird dark ambience, like. Um, like you're definitely uh, jacked into the Matrix when you listen to it. Okay, it's pretty well, say, damn good. Yeah, I will say, looking to in order to get to the point of why you would show me this image, he def- this guy definitely looks like a an electro industrial assassin. Yes, this guy this guy looks like one of those. I, I'm sorry, can you look up the name of the illustrator as I'm describing this? But the guy who did all of the super realistic. Um, uh, White Wolf clan pictures. Well, that's Tim Bradstreet. Of, you know, tr- Tim Bradstreet. Yes. Yeah. This guy looks like a Tim Bradstreet pose or Tim Bradstreet draws him, right? Yeah. Like, he should have, like, this guy looks like Bruja 2023. You know what I mean? <laughs> or maybe like Asamite 2023. Yeah. You know what I mean? After, because they're like, we're going to retcon that and make it not racist against Middle Eastern people. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. You know, or, you know what I mean? This guy is posing for a Tim Bradstreet Shadowrun or Vampire cover. Yeah. And he, you know, and it's like, down to the finger, you know, down to the leather driving gloves, the weirdly no longer ironic, therefore double ironic, black straight up mustache. Like, yeah. not porn mustache, 
not Fu Man. You know, he's not doing like an ironic industrial mustache. He's just like, I am a hipster yeah. goth with a mustache, and you're gonna deal with it. Yeah. Um, and oddly, what appears to be like a Harry Potter lightning bolt scar tattoo on his neck. Yeah. I'm so confused, which is weird because he's wearing like the Sisters of Mercy version of the like Harry Potter glasses. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> for being what you might just call industrial scene man number 948, is like really mixing his signals in a way that I don't know whether I like it or I hate it. Well, here's another it's very, one. Okay. It's very, um, you know, <laughs> wax tracks records. This is the same man. Yes. Is, he do, is this this is not the cowboy from the village people? No, no, uh, that's is this okay? Well, now I'm curious if this guy is a specific favor of queer men, or whether he's just very industrial. He's because I remember very well. I know he's just uh, fantastically industrial. Well, that's the thing is industrial is very queer. Yeah. Uh, and oh, for absolutely. Those, for yeah. those of us who are still who have not clicked away at the end of the show, industrial meaning. The genre uh, of music popularized by like Nine Inch Nails and um, yeah. you don't you won't know any of the other ones, so don't worry. Yeah, but like uh, <laughs> big, heavy, chunky synthesizers versus guitar sounds, integration of digital production, um, European disco aesthetics, leather and gay stuff, also for reasons that are too complex to explain. Yeah, so like it's really hard to say whether is somebody is in the Village People or just an industrial band. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of overlap of like I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing chaps and a cowboy hat and I'm covered in tattoos and I could either be in a uh, I could either be a gay biker or just the front man of like front two four two or something. Yeah. Like it's it's really it's hard to say. So this is a funny man to look at. I think I don't know why, but this actually is going to cause me to try harder to listen to Three Teeth because yeah. um, here he is just is being that the same him. Dude? Yeah. Okay, that just looks like a guy who blacksmiths axes yeah. in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, outside of Chincoteague, Florida, or whatever. He's <laughs> like, this guy... This guy saves ponies and wrangles alligators. Yeah. That is a definitely a very different vibe. There's no, a give, lot of expensive Give Three Teeth another tattoos. chance, because they're pretty good. I did not dislike it. I just didn't... I didn't yeah. fall down the hole. Yeah. So I'll give it a shot. Um, this episode brought to you by Three Teeth. Um, I, yeah. okay, yeah, this is, uh, your fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a funny guy to look at. What is this guy's name? Alexis Minicola. Alexis Manicola? Alexis Mincola, yeah. Mincola, yeah. okay. And I have, that gives me, that raises more questions than it, it gives it me does. answers. It but, does, it uh, does, yeah. All right. <laughs> And, and, and that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader, until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on, um, that really does help. Go and check out my Batman uh, review video on my YouTube channel that's at Gavin Longshanks at YouTube. <laughs> Share an episode on your favorite social media. If you would, please. We uh, are not big social media people, but we would love it if you would do it. Yeah. Check out the Instagram 
um, for all of the weird industrial mustaches and other images that we reference on the show, and just to see what's going on. Comment on the Instagram, um, and send us emails and monster suggestions and role-playing game stories. Um, tell us anything, and send all of those anythings at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. It's oopsallmonsters, one word, at gmail.com. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or, if you're feeling really froggy, we would greatly appreciate it. Sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube. At the Darling Kathleen. Also suggested to me recently, yeah. Uh, and with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. And we have been... Oops. Oops all... All dun dun Mud people. Weird... Gushy, gooey mud guys. All right, let's stop the presses. Stop the presses. Did the animated show use the same score as the Tim Burton movie? Am I number one? <laughs> um, Tim Burton was a producer, so they would have had um, access to yeah. the rights, and it was also a Warner Brothers production. Oh, so definitely. So I, th- yeah. I, I don't think it. W- I think they had elements that they weren't. It wouldn't have legally stepped on the score, but it was not exactly the same score. Because if I hear the 89 Michael Keaton Batman score, my sphincter just, like, tightens right up. So I, it's it's similar, but it, they use parts of it, I think, at various points, but it's kind of low-key. Or it's um, a version of. It's not exactly the same. Yeah. All right, I'm stopping the all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I gotta get out of here. <laughs>
Um, we had wild nosebleed lawn seats. I ran up into the pit during the last ministry show, uh, the last ministry song. Yeah. Um, you know, th- modern pits are pits for children, yeah. so you can't really like you can't really like hit anybody. Yeah, because everybody, well, yeah. as far as I can tell, is twelve and has not actually been in a pit. Yeah. Um, so you kind of just like dance around and you know let some uh, Mexican bros smash into you and then, you know, you know, finish your drink and then go back to where you were. Yeah. But uh, it's like, uh, it's fine. It's a good vibe, but it, there's no, yeah. there's no like, um, there's no like really like I was in ministry pits. Oh my God. I'm going to sound so old. I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago. And like, I felt like I was going to have my head snapped off. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and at the time I was 22. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like weird. Fighting um, augmented humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I the world is people were so much more violent yeah. in most ways before. People were so much more comfortable being physical with each other. The people that experienced the '90s and now everybody is just a is a is a quiet. Everyone is a quiet, unbroken egg yolk in a hoodie. Yeah, and it's uh it's both a good and a bad thing. It's it's weird. Yeah. Um. But the show is fucking crazy badass. The set was amazing. Nine Inch Nails never isn't awesome. If it, if you anybody ever is tempted to go see Nine Inch Nails, they're the greatest band I've ever seen live. I've seen them now maybe four times. Yeah. And um, Trent didn't run around like a chicken with his head cut off like he usually does. <laughs> like that that little fucking guy. Like he is so energetic, but he's you can tell he's 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 letting some other people do the running around a little bit more. Yeah. But they do such a good job. Even if you're in the nosebleed, if you're in the nosebleed seats, it doesn't matter because they do an incredible yeah. job with the um, long projection screens and making sure it's basically like a live Nine Inch Nails video yeah. the whole time. Um, even if he's like a fucking flea from your natural eyeline. Um, and Ministry played middle. I actually didn't see Nitzarab, which I was pissed off, pissed off about, but Aww. they actually played at the actual start time of the fucking event. Who does that? Um, so I didn't I didn't get to see Nitzarab. I was worried. I did not get to join in the chant or become murderous. I was very annoyed. Um, so I will probably never get to see Nitzarab, but we'll see, because they're fucking English. Uh, anyway, it was amazing. Um, let's get out of uh, in weird industrial uncle corner and get to the closing of the show.